Listener Production. Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. Hello and welcome to another episode of Brooke and Linda's Dream Club, where each week we get you across the most important stories in culture, just in case Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp collapse (laughs) and you feel a bit out of the loop. We got you back, don't worry. This week we're talking about the Netflix show Squid Game. Also Balenciaga's new season and the debut of The Simpsons at Fashion Week. And we're chatting to Amrita Heppy about body image and confidence. Now, during the week, um, we we do see your messages, by the way, and we love you so much. Uh, Lal Tamira sent us a photo on Instagram of the best birthday cake ever that's to be made. And yes, we've seen Hamish Blake's cakes. And we reckon this one beats it. It's off the back of last week's episode. Now, not only does it combine our love of icing and deliciousness, but the cake is of a bin chicken. We're going to put it up on our stories and you can just smell the garbage. Last week, we were talking about our love of bin chickens and how we have been overwhelming the annual bird poll in Australia of our favourite native birds and that the white ibis is our clear favourite. Now, we need to give you an update on Mm. the ibis in the Best Bird Awards. Unfortunately, uh, there are too many of you who aren't loyal um, out there in the world. I'm disappointed. These hoes ain't loyal. Ibis has been knocked out, RIP. The winner will be announced this Friday the 8th of October. Now, so far, Linda, can you tell us who's yep, on the leaderboard? There's a leaderboard. I'm actually quite happy with the number one, the Gang Gang Cockatoo, Gang Gang Represent, the Tawny Frogmouth at number two, and the superb Fairy Wren hitting at number three. Well, you know, I think out of the three of those, I'm going to throw my bin chicken support, like all Who? of the energy Go and on. enthusiasm that I would have had for them. I'm going to throw it behind gang gang we're in the gang 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 we're in the gang gang (laughs) (laughs) the gang 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 I couldn't even get out of it let's get into it (laughs) Brooke and Linda's Dream Club Okay, so you might have been hiding under a rock or maybe you've just been looking at Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and thinking, what the heck are all these people tweeting about? What are they making these memes over? What is this hide and seek red red light, green light game? Well, guess what? I'm here to tell you what it's about. Um, we've been obsessed with Korean television and film the last few years. Obviously, Parasite took out the Oscar a couple of years ago. Um, Last year, Minari, we really loved and we've spoken about it on the podcast as well. Well, this year, uh, Squid Game has been launched on Netflix. It's number one all around the world. So it's even beaten out Bridgerton for the most watched show. Yeah, Terrible show, very sexy man. Um, I think we can all... I couldn't even watch it for him because it was that bad, that shoddy. But Squid Game, thank God, no. <laughs> thank goodness. Now, Squid Game, if you, it sounds a bit silly. If you look at it, you, you're thinking like, what the heck? Why are these adults all dressed in some weird costumes? So it's a show about like poverty, about class, about death, about life. It's got it all, doesn't it, Lindy? It is like a real wild ride. And it's also a little bit like Black Mirror. 
It is. There have been comparisons to Parasite and Black Mirror and if you've ever watched the Japanese film Battle Royale. So it has elements of childhood nostalgia. So essentially the plot is that about 450 adults who are kind of at their wits end. They 456. Are at the, 456, sorry, to be specific, who are at, I suppose, the lowest rung on the ladder of society. They are desperate, they're in debt, they're unemployed, they're like marginalised members of society, have been lured into a series of childhood games. So like red light, green light, like playing marbles, in order to win this incredible cash prize that will, you know, put their kids through college or pay for their mother's hospital bills. But the penalty that you pay if you are not the one winner at the end, Hunger Games style, is that everybody dies. And it is agonising. It is uncomfortable at times. It is so visually stunning as well, the costuming and the sets and how absurdist it is. But I was weeping in episodes watching these characters go down. There are so many characters who are really, really likeable. Now, if you are going to um, undertake this project, and it is, it's quite an investment, but I reckon you can knock it off in a couple of days. I did. Oh, I knocked Um, it off in about 24 hours. Yeah, it's that good. I watched the first episode with subtitles and then the rest dubbed. And oh no, definitely. Rocky! Why? <laughs> because I was watching you it can't. with someone else, and it's I blasphemy. like I wanted to watch it with subtitles, and I kept like dropping subtitles, like, oh, you know, actually, it's it's really quite, it's so much better with subtitles, but the <laughs> wasn't picking up on the no. end. So then uh, we just kept watching it with um with dubbed, and it's it's actually like it's terrible dubbed. The accent's terrible, but yeah. um. It's still really, really good. Like, I still very much recommend. The plot line will still draw you in. So, so most I, of them I, are likable, right? Most, most of the characters. Of them, yeah, you, like, you, you gun them. for them. Yeah, you, you know really that they're in a hard win. spot. Yeah. But did you not like any of them? There was that one lady who is just Evan crazy. And you're like, I've never wanted a character to die more than <laughs> this lady <laughs> right now. Like, shut the heck up. Do you know what? You know what? I, I actually think that that might be a result of what Netflix has been... Um, put under fire for, which is that they botched a bunch of the subtitles or potentially it was the episode that you had dubbed where she says something, oh, this is a bit of a spoiler. I don't know if I should say this to you, but there's a part where she's kind of begging for her life and she says, and the subtitle says, I know that I'm not a genius, but I've always worked it out. That's what the subtitle says. And then Twitter kind of went off saying, that's not what she says. What she actually says, which makes you invested in the character, as was intended by the director, is she says, I know I'm not a genius, but it's because I grew up and was never offered an education. See, that changes it See, it changes it, right? No, I take back what I said about that woman. Anyway, a mesmerising (laughs) watch. The stakes are high. Squid Game, it is absolutely worth it. And you have to, otherwise you're never going to get another meme for like at least a few weeks. There's a lot to go. Well, look, here at Woofie HQ, it is <laughs> our job. Is that where we live or where we work? <laughs> That's. I'm, I live here. I don't know about, I can't pay rent on the stuff that I'm making here. Do you know? <laughs> 
like when you were little, you just sort of assumed that the teachers lived at school. That's yeah. like you. You live. That's why you gave yeah. them apples and, and shit because you had, they didn't have time to go to the shop. They, they can't just, go anywhere. That's why you always got so scared if you saw your teacher outside of school because you were like, you live at school. school. What is go- Why is Miss Glenatsis at the grocery store today? <laughs> I remember seeing one of my teachers smoking no. in the parking lot. Hell. That's hell. <laughs> so here at Wolfie HQ, it is our job to inform you of the biggest things that have happened in culture and we've got to talk about Paris Fashion Week. So whether or not you scour through social media when Fashion Week unfolds the way that I do because I like to spy on, I like to aspire to certain looks, see what designers are doing because you know what, it all trickles down, baby. Even though we might not be able to afford it, we like to see what the kind of aftershocks of fashion are and also there's always shocks that happen. There's Mm. spectacles, Mm. there's surprise. And one of the things I don't enjoy as much about the fashion scene and the fashion world is when it kind of clouds itself in seriousness, when it feels like the fashion scene takes itself maybe a little too earnestly. Thank God for Balenciaga because their presentation at Paris Fashion Week was, I think, above and beyond just surprising and silly and awesome in every respect. Mm. Did you see any of the, this unfolding? Yeah, so the creativity went way beyond just the presentation of the clothes and how we should be wearing them or how they look the best on, you know, tiny, skinny little frames. But they they got people, real people, granted very beautiful real people, <laughs> to wear the clothes on the red carpet on the way in. Yes. And so all of the photos from the press wall are clothes from the current collection. Now, this might be the most genius part of the whole thing. They got the Simpsons animators to draw the iconic clothing. So you're thinking like of these big puffy jackets that are really, um, you know, really typical of Balenciaga, the big chunky sneakers that we've seen, um, you know, in the last few years that Balenciaga does as well all on the Simpsons characters. It's genius. It's so good. So whether or not you love fashion, go and look up the Balenciaga and Simpsons collab. They did this awesome little episode that pokes fun at the fashion world. It pokes fun at the Paris cliches of people that work in the industry, that work at Balenciaga, that don't appeal to our favourite working class family like the Simpsons and the fact that Marge finally gets to wear a Balenciaga gown and the entire like Springfield community gets to go to Paris and walk down the runway and you see Homer wearing this crazy puffer jacket and this single dangling earring. I loved it. And then in terms of like the real people that they got, Elliot Page looking incredible on the runway slash red carpet, wearing these amazing, like the whole look of the show was this kind of cyberpunk, really chic, tailored suits, oversized jackets as usual, big straight shoulder pads. Elliot Page wearing this head-to-toe black suit. It was tailored to perfection and wearing the platform Crocs that look to die for, Brooke. Now, Linda, I think that it is time for us to issue an apology because we said that Crocs were chuggy and that Crocs were finished because, you know, we'd already been wearing them for a couple of years, a few years nearly. And um, when everyone else started wearing them, we were like, okay, that's it. They're done. They're done. 
But this is time it for us to admit us. we were wrong. We, we were called wrong. it too early and we're sorry. Yeah. Crocs aren't chuggy. They're cool. They're still very, very cool. And I, we, we did. The platforms that Elliot Page is wearing, they kind of look like the punk creepers. Yes. Like, yes, they do. They're perfect. They're kind of steel-toed. Oh, they elevate metaphorically and physically. The moral of the story <laughs> is that fashion is art and best served with a big dose of humour. So one of the activities that I've undertaken during lockdown with uh, great vigour and enthusiasm Mm. and very little skill, Linda, Mm. is dancing on my own in the lounge room. And I can tell you that it is one of the things that I look forward to the most. Um, You know, I haven't seen my family in six months. I've been, I live alone. Um, probably a good thing because if I did have flatmates and they saw me dancing the way that I do, they'd probably want to move out anyway. Um, And I was thinking about how much joy it brings us to move our bodies in that way. And it makes you feel like you do have a sense of ownership over your own body and that your own body is like a home for you to enjoy rather than something that, you know, when you take it into the outside world or whatever, it's judged and critiqued and it's for aesthetic pleasure. You know, we've been thinking about our bodies in a totally different way during the pandemic. We're in our heads so much throughout the day. We're in our heads and we're almost just in our fingertips looking at our phones, looking at screens, that it sounds so cheesy and maybe chuggy to say I need to get back in touch with my body. But it was one of those things that you would have done also if you went to like a dance a class. Or erotic. It does. Get in touch with your body. I mean, you can't. You need to. You need to do that too. No judgment here. This no, is what, no, you know, no you got to do. No judgment. No shade, no judgment. But it is that ability to, to dance that gets taken away during a lockdown. Mm. Dancing at home is really fun. And here to talk to us is um, one of our favourite people in the world. Oh, my God. She's a dancer. She's a choreographer. She is an artist with an interdisciplinary practice. She is Amrita Heffy. Hello, sweetheart. Hello. Oh, it's so nice to see you in a big, beautiful dance studio in Melbourne. It's so nice to be here. I should probably be wearing a mask, but um, I'm taking it off because I'm solo. Yeah. And none of my students are here yet. So, yeah. I think that's all right. Yeah. So, this is what I've been doing on lockdown, in lockdown, on my own. I've been like putting on music as loud as it will go without like obviously hurting my neighbors. Um, I've been getting like hand weights taking off my shirt and just dancing around. Oh, you're doing it with hand weights as well. Doing you're it with hand, weights. with hand weights. Dancing with hand weights. And it is, I have to say, so liberating. If someone saw me, they would be like, this girl's crazy. She's lost the plot. She's actually lost it now. But Amrita, it's so wonderful to, like, I feel liberated moving yeah. my body like that. It's so nice. I think... I've had to like get used to doing it solo. And I think, you know, there's that saying like dance like nobody's watching and that works up until a certain point. But I think that there's also this thing, like even when somebody isn't watching you, there's almost like an imaginary audience, even when you're being the most hilarious or the most free. And sometimes we can shake it for a moment, but I think that there's always this like intrinsic audience somewhere, even if you're not totally conscious of them. And so this idea that I was thinking about it before I came on, 
the dance like nobody's watching when you really do want to be watched in some way. And I guess we kind of are watched in, in a lot of ways. And this is how like, I start my OnlyFans. <laughs> this, is this is the do you genesis. Know what? When I dance in my lounge room, of which I do as well almost every day, because I feel... Do you? Yeah, because, I mean, what else am I, I going to do except, like, explore a weird playlist or funny album or something? But I always thought that people outside couldn't see into my um, apartment for some reason. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm so, I'm, I'm like four stories up. No one's going to be able to see in. And then I did a test today as I left the house. I looked up into my window and I was like, no, you are right on display. You are right there. So people have been watching you the entire time from this park. And, and you know, it's embarrassing, but kind of thrilling. Also, kind of thrilling. And we, I feel like we're going to be returning to dance in a community as well, and like feeling that coordination, or maybe even uncoordination in it too. Like, why do you think that dance is essential and like feeling in touch with the way that we move? Gosh, there's so many answers for this. Like, I was reading this morning. Did you see the new Nobel Prize winners? And they they won the Nobel Prize, and it was all about touch. And that touch is a sense, and we think about touch in our hands, but also that it's like in our whole system and it sits in with our nerves of sight and all of these other things. But I think that there's something with dance that kind of, I don't want to make it sound too scientific because it's also like soulful, it's spiritual, it's like silly, it's humorous, as much as it's like serious, cathartic, a release. But they were talking about the kind of, that touch happens all over your body underneath your feet, in your nervous system. And there's a kind of um, awareness and also sometimes a disassociation that comes from doing dancing. And that awareness, I think, is amazing to know what it is that you're looking like and what it is that you're feeling like. But then there's also this, like, disassociation that can happen from dancing where you can kind of go into somewhere else. And it's highly present and highly physical. And and I think that's 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 my very scientific answer of why and and can also be you know it's it's also highly social and it's very communicative without saying anything I mean I think the communication happens with the body all the time but yeah what's your tip for someone that you know hasn't danced in ages or you know hasn't been like Brooke and like dancing in your lounge room each day because it is funny because you do feel even though there's no one around you know that there's no one watching you there is an element where you feel like a little bit embarrassed or ashamed or something. Like how would people shake that feeling? This is like a question that I've been trying to answer for a long time. I think that the shame that we might feel is so ingrained in us from like our own history. But I think in order to shake that, it's like maybe starting small and um, also I think developing a character that you can step into that might not be you. You know, like I love this song by Marvin Gaye and it's like I used to go on the dance floor for somebody to see me and there's all these lines about dancing that I would like step into and kind of take it on as a character when I was socially dancing um, to try and feel as if, I mean, I was totally myself but I had this person that I was cosplaying almost to kind of um, accentuate the part of myself that I wanted to escape from in regards to shame. So take it till you make it, I guess, is my best piece of advice. <laughs> I love it. Is your advice as well to maybe seek out a great dance class once we can get back into them too? Because, you know, yes. I've done dance classes with you. They are so fun. <laughs> it's like such a high. Yes, I would say 
find a dance class and maybe even yeah trial I've been trialing some online ones like um Groove Online by Aisha um in Melbourne um we can post a link to that she's wonderful she does these like continuous dance classes where she doesn't talk and you just watch her and the music do you want to do one Lindy yes Guys should definitely do one. It's been like a highlight. I've been doing them myself with like flatmates and that was like such a treat because sometimes the over explanation of something is just like, I don't want to hear a story. I just want to like watch and do. No yes. talking. <gasps> do you know what? Okay, this is for you dreamers. Um, we'll do the class and film it. What? What are you doing here? <laughs> and then we'll post it. But obviously we're only going to post the parts where we look really hot. So like we're not going to post the parts where we look trash. <laughs> yeah, this is the OnlyFans content, but just for you. And Emery, you've been doing this work like in like for people to express themselves as part of like a community for one of your other works as well, haven't you? Yeah. So I've been working on this hotline. It's called the Outside In Hotline. And I guess it's a way to dip our toe back into participation, but it's also thinking about the the lamentation, the loss, the longing, which I know that you guys have covered a lot oh, of. Oh, we yearn mm. so hard here. In short, there's a hotline that is open. It's part of the Fremantle Biennial. You call, you make a dedication to, uh, I guess, somebody that you're missing, and you leave that dedication and a song request, and they'll be reformulated into a, performance with a dancer in Perth and hopefully myself while still preserving people's privacy. So so it's private? Yeah, it's private. Oh, I'm going to so do So we it. could call the I'm hotline gonna do it. and, gonna do and it. request a song. Oh how my fun. Amrita, thank you so oh much God, for reminding us how fun dance is. Who should I do it to? Oh, my God, this is so fun. Okay, Amrita, I'm going to leave you one and it's going to be, I promise, really heartfelt and really earnest. Thanks, Amrita. Thank you. Love you both. Love you. Love you. Bye. Dream Club. Put on your favourite song and dance like nobody's watching or actually picture someone and dance like they are watching (laughs) and you really give it to them. In the next few months, Australia will be the best place in the world to be because we're about to come into summer. It's the best weather. The cricket is about to start. I don't care about the cricket. Yes. Yeah. And everyone's going to be vaxxed and we're going to have the best time ever. I'm vaxxed and waxed and taxed and maxed with all of the juices that you could possibly serve. (laughs) So thank you once again. (laughs) Let's dream. It's truly our favourite time of the week when we get to indulge with you as our wolfies to talk about our DNMs, the things that are truly on our mind and the things that we are really getting excited about. And Brooke and I this week are so excited about potentially going to a restaurant together. Wolfie. I feel emotional about how excited I am to have that experience where you like get to choose what you want to wear out for dinner to be able to like look at a menu and you know try to choose in advance what you want to eat to be able to be around other people to be able to see you know chefs cooking in a kitchen it's to have so someone cleaning up after me to have someone finally yes. again yeah 
that I'm paying. Oh, finally, about time. I've got staff again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but, you know, we've endured so much in this country over the last couple of years. And to think, like, you know, all of us young people have stayed home um, to protect people who are the most vulnerable in the community. And it's a sacrifice that we'd make, you know, um, 100%. And now, you know, we're sort of getting to the end of that cycle and... Um, you know, obviously we're still really thinking of all of our friends and loved ones in, in Melbourne and in other places where um, the lockdown will continue for at least a little bit longer. But, you know, for us, I haven't seen my family in six months. I haven't been out for dinner for, you know, four and a half months or something. And to be able to, like, potentially book a restaurant for Friday night, um, it just, I don't even know how to like, bring to words the the relief that yeah. I'm feeling. It's the same sort of feeling that I had when I got my second vaccination. Not fever, not a, a weird <laughs> a weird tremor in Your my brain. Your chest wasn't magnetized. <laughs> you didn't have 5G. But just that sense of relief and sense of having like accomplished something and having done something for the greater good. Mm. And you know, while we're not gonna save everyone's lives, um, you know, there will be fatalities and it, it is really hard. We've saved a lot by doing what we've just done and, you know, now we're back into the world and that's our reward for being such good little wolfies. And I just feel so lovely about it. Yeah. We're ready for a hot girl summer. I'm ready for a hot dumpling summer. I'm so excited to get back to really small restaurants that have been really doing it tough since Mm. COVID and have, you know, barely, I'm sure, been able to make ends meet. Some of these places I'm like... I am so thankful that you are going to be reopening. I can't Mm. imagine the sort of struggle that you've gone through trying to, you know, pivot and become takeaway, pivot and do just pick up on certain days, pivot and sell groceries where you would never normally have to do that. So to be able to kind of reinvest back into the hospitality culture, yet another industry that has done it really hard, feels very exciting. And you get snacks. You get snacks. It's snack time, baby. <laughs> We're going to go try to find some place that will have us uh, as soon as restaurants open. Three places already and none of them are ready to open on Friday. So fingers crossed there is a restaurant somewhere in Sydney that will take our goddamn booking. We can throw money at them and Please. let us eat in your place. That's Please. all we want to do. Um, I'm going to get so dressed up. I'm going to look so hot, Linda. Really? Yeah, because... I'm going to wear a blackout Balenciaga gown. <laughs> but we need to cut a food hole, a snack hole in it. Yeah, that's true. Because otherwise you won't be able to, I won't be able to eat. <laughs> just put like a ballot cover over your head. <laughs> It'd be very fashion. Hey, thank you for listening. Please take care. And, of course, we're going to be back next Wednesday. And until then... Join our Dream Club. Follow us at the Dream Club podcast on Instagram. You know that we are sifting through all of those likes, all of those DMs all the time. We see them and we love them. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode as well. And leave us a little cutesy review. Tag us in a pic. Show us where you're Mm. listening from because I love seeing you walking your dog. I love seeing you breastfeeding your child. Please, please send us the photos. Um, and Not also, the same one photo, though. That would same, be some real multitasking. Same photo. Over over. Uh, go and tell your friends as well. We love them. <laughs> That's the end. That's the end. We're finished. We don't We're run finished. out of things We're to done. say. Bye. Got it. 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 Got it.
<laughs> oh, got it. Brooke and uh, Linda's uh, dream. Balenciaga. A listener production.